You're listening to an irreverent podcast. For more unholy content from our friends, head to irreverent.fm. Hey friends, welcome to the Speaking in Church podcast. I'm Josie as always, and today we are joined by a treat of a human being, my best friend, BFFL, best friend forever for life, whatever it is, (laughs) George Ramirez. Hi, George. Jose, what's up? How's it going? Um, Going well. We were just on the phone a few minutes ago. (laughs) I know, but this is different. It's like, it's not the same. You're right. This is a different setting, a different vibe, so... Yeah, I'm interviewing you. Wow. Mira. I can't believe we haven't done this before. We've talked it about only, it a lot. We've talked about it for years. I know. <laughs> but we're busy. You're busy. We're busy. And you've had about three, four different podcasts since okay. every single time. So okay. Anyways. Let's, let's, not get, let's not go there. Okay. Well, we are talking today about kind of your mental health journey in the church from the perspective of you almost being a whole ass professional in the mental health field. Yeah, that's I, yeah. Um, I am, for those of you who don't know, which probably most of you, I am getting a master's in clinical psychology. And the end result is to be a therapist so that's what i'm doing um fun fact i also worked for a church in a church for what was it just like three four years yeah it was a while it was a while it was a long time um off and on and i've been involved in church uh prior to working for one um since i was like 18 so i think i had a good like 10 11 year run yeah well let's start off by giving some context to why your mental health story would be a little bit more blatant than others like you come from a number of marginalized communities right oh, look at me i sound so professional <laughs> Mira, look at you. but yeah so tell the people what communities you belong to so i am a part of the disabled community. I am also a black man. I am Native American. I am what else? What are we Latino. Missing? Latino. That's an interesting one, though. Culturally. Um, culturally, yes, which we've also talked about. Uh, Native American. Um, I am foster youth. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, what else? I, so many all the labels um let's see disabled I mean, I those are the big ones adopted yeah um yeah i would say that those are the main ones that have affected me and the other areas that are too traumatic to talk about on here but <laughs> we'll save that for another yeah. day well, um, so both of us are disabled, but you're different from me than uh, in the fact that you're phys- visibly disabled, physically and visibly disabled. Yes. And those of us who know you will say that you are also visibly disabled, but. Well, yeah, because my ass is always on the couch. <laughs> right. 
Or with a walker. I'm not a walker. You're not a walker yet. Actually. Not yet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, but you know, I can hide it a little bit easier on the yeah, certain occasions. Yeah. But so all that to say is that you are <laughs> the the type of person that the white American church is looking to save and to use as a poster child. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I... 100%. I, I've been the poster child. I've, you know, APU. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we met at uh, APU, everybody. We are college homies. We met at APU. Um, I was also very involved at APU um, while figuring out my own journey in terms of like faith, sexuality, all that fun stuff and whatnot. Um, just like what I want to do, who I want to become, just basically my whole identity. Mm-hmm. Um, and Josie came along at the tail end of it. Um, but a lot of it was shaped at APU and around my disability. And I think, um, I think towards the end of it, no surprise, it's kind of random. I, I met Josie and started to really form my own opinion but also still being very, very involved in church. So almost kind of like suppressed. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of how it affected my mental health journey. Because, yeah, like you said, I, I, being a poster child for so long, um, it, it does that to you for a while. Yeah. Tell the, why don't we tell the folks a little bit about your faith background? Like, what is your testimony and where are you now? <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> we're, we're using the christianese okay. we're activating we're activating <laughs> what what what's your story um so i actually um i've had a really rough life honestly um so i was born at um it was born obviously um and i was when i was born um my mom I was actually premature because my mom was high on cocaine and she was drunk. So um, I wasn't supposed to be due to October. I came at the end of July. Mm. So I came super early um, with that. Obviously, there's complications. Um, and one of them is I have CP as a result. Um, but <laughs> because of that. CP is cerebral uh, palsy for those who don't cere- know. By cerebral the way. palsy. So I don't know if I said that. Um, cerebral palsy, um, and it, there, I mean, there are like 47 different variations mm-hmm. of CP. Um, I have what's called spastic dysplasia, cerebral palsy, um, and I'm very fortunate enough to be um, mobile. I can walk, I can run, I can ride a bike, I can have sex, believe it or not, these are questions <laughs> I've been asked. Oh, no! Yes, um, but I I can move. Um, I can talk, and I have friends who are nonverbal with the same disability. They are in a wheelchair, and you know, use like a feeding tube. You know what I mean? So there's it's so many different variations of it, and it's crazy. Is on the outside is we look one way, but intellectually we're totally fine. Like the 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 individual I'm referring to actually has two master's degrees. Oh shit. Um, you know what I mean? So I, she is thriving. She's doing great. Um, one or two, I don't know. She's got degrees though. Um, but 
you know, when, when that's the case, um, obviously people have a certain stigma about who you are and what you can do and your abilities like that. Um, so that's just a little bit of my story. Um, oh, I also, because my mom was high and, uh, drunk so very inebriated at the time of my birth they saw her to be an unfit parent which that makes sense uh so i became a ward of the state i was a foster kid up until the age of 15 um i i got adopted by a family that i love very much although that you know comes with its own set of traumas mm-hmm. um and then at the age of 16 i um tried to take my own life so um which you know couldn't I mean my mom my biological mom died by suicide so you know um it's it can be hereditary um you know so that just it is what it is thankfully I am still here I'm I'm very grateful that I was unsuccessful I'm grateful um and two years later I think I was just in a very dark place I you know I just I had a lot of trauma. I didn't know how to how to mm. process that. There were so many things going on with my identity, you know, with who who I am and and whatnot. And um, I I just was looking for a way out, you know. Um, I've been abused in certain respects and um, things like that. So I, at the end of the day, I was just tired, um, which is a lot for a sixteen year old to say that you're tired after 16 short Mm. years of life you know um but I ended up you know I ended up going to to a church one day with a friend because we were both trying to get into college um and I didn't have the grades I was like I am gonna flip burgers I'll do whatever I have to do but school's not for me I don't have the grades I don't have the patience um and you know, I think it was that friend that was like, hey, dude, you have a physical disability. Like, you can't, you're not like everybody else in the sense of, like, you can't just go flip burgers. You can't just do, like, manual labor jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to figure something out. And um, so, yeah, I his church had this, like, this jumpstart program to help kids like myself get into college. And I went and... Um, I went for like a couple months and then, you know, how church people are, mm. they're like, you should come to this. You should come to that. You should, you know, so they kept throwing invites my way and I just kept declining, um, you know, cause it's weird. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, then, and then finally he shows up one day and he's like, Hey, um, I want to go to this. I want you to come to this event with me. And I'm not taking no for an answer. I'm outside your house. Rude. <laughs> and I was like, no, bro. Like, you could have called. And he was like, my mom drove drove here to pick you up. You're going to tell her no? And you're Mexican. You don't do that. <laughs> no, not if mom comes. <laughs> so I was like, he got me. So we ended up going and... I just, that was the end of the story. Like, I, I think I just, you know, I, I, the gospel was presented to me in such a way that I just couldn't say no. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm so grateful for that, even though, you know, my views have skewed a little bit. Um, 
I I love Jesus, and I I won't ever not say that I that I um, that I do. Mm. So it was through that. Sorry for all the coughing, but it was through that that I that I met uh, my my mentor and like one of my best friends, uh, my buddy Koba. Um, and he, I, I think I met him like a few months after that. And, um, you know, I, I started turning things around because school was really bad. I didn't have the grades. I started hanging out at that church a lot more. My grades went up um, and we started talking about college. And he was like, have you considered APU? And I was like, what is that? And I was, you know, never heard of it. He's like, that's where I went. And it was great. And I was like, oh, you know, at the time I was considering, I was almost a pastor. Oh, God. I was, I was considering um, heavily in majoring in youth ministry to be a youth pastor. Um, Which, can we talk about how that's a major, like, at all, youth ministry? <laughs> well, now I'm like, that major makes no sense. Like, literally <laughs> makes no sense because you're going to age. Yeah. So what do you do? what do you do when you're old? Like, mm-hmm. you, yeah, you, you don't a need job. a sixty year old youth pastor, right? You have a job for ten years. If that, then what? Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and so it was through that conversation where he was where he was honest and he was like, "Hey, I know this is on your heart, and it, you know you'd be really good at it, but also, it's a really hard job to find, and you're putting your yourself through school." Um, you're gonna need something that is going to help you pay for your education because you're taking out loans you know there's no guarantees with that job at least with something else you know um you might have a better shot Mm. and so i i took that word and i went with it and i studied psychology um and the rest is history here we are now um i mean i wish i could say from then on out it was you know, roses and everything was great. Um, so I I walked in 2016, um, ended up homeless for like a couple of years, about a year and a half. Um, or unhoused, I'm sorry, that's a new term. Therapist, got to get with it. Um, <laughs> but I, I was unhoused. And then it was through that that I actually was able to finish my degree because I walked in 2016 and then I graduated in 2018. Um, while being unhoused, I was like, I got to get my shit together. Let's go. Um, and so now we're at the point where things are easier and I was like, I'm gonna go for masters. So here we are. That is my testimony. Very long winded. Um, but thanks for listening. I, I mean, obviously, you know, I'm impressed by you. We've been friends for a while now. I've kind of seen you go through this whole journey um well we've seen each other go through our journeys and you um also know that i love therapy i love the brain and knowing what the fuck is going on in our brains so what do you think are like the ramifications that you've seen of like what happens to the brain when you are influenced by religion in positive and negative ways Oh man, I, okay, yes. So I, for me, mostly positive in the sense of like, look at my life now. Like, I am not unhoused. (laughs) 
I granted it took a lot of people when I leaned on a lot of people, but I think somewhere within me, I had to pull that, that strength and that faith. And it came from somewhere. And I think religion was definitely a big part of that. Mm. Um, so I think it overall just enhances the, the idea of hope and without without hope like you don't have hope you don't have a whole lot to work with yeah you know what i mean at the end of the day um so i think um the positive ramifications of that is it gives people a sense of purpose it can give them a sense of like worthiness um and just a place to belong on the flip side though if that's all you ever see is like i'm only worthy through my religion um a place to belong is like i need to be at church mm. you know um i need to do this i need to serve yeah i get that serve absolutely but also if you don't have time to serve if you have to work instead of serve because you need to eat mm. that is also important mm-hmm. you know if you don't have the funds to tithe you don't tithe mm. Mm. because guess what there's gonna be a time and a season the bible says this there's a time and a season to to do what you gotta do and mm-hmm. some seasons are gonna be excellent <laughs> and you you're gonna produce produce you're gonna reap and it's gonna be great right mm-hmm. and then there are gonna be times of drought and despair and those are gonna be hard and so kind of knowing the difference between the two but I think when it comes to to the church, we're so ingrained in like you've got to give, you've got to serve, and if you don't, like, do you really do you love the Lord? Do you trust the Lord? And it's like, yeah, I do, but I also have tuition. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm also hungry. I have kids or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Um, and so I think I've I've seen. <laughs> seen the good and i've seen the bad and and the the bad i would just say that it's it's so structured that it doesn't leave room for freedom Mm. and i believe that your faith you should be allowed to feel free within your faith and not obligated to do something because it's written in a book which was written 2000 years ago and adjusted how many how many times has the bible been rewritten by mm. by the white man I, I mean i hate to say it I hate by to the it, white like, man I, I hate <laughs> i hate to say it and i hate to sound super judgmental but that like that is what it is mm. where it's been just reworded to fit this agenda right mm. because it's like yeah, love is Christed. Right. Okay, cool. Yeah, but, 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 you know, mm. there's so many buts that we see and we hear about in our society. I mean, I mean, come on, you know, let's talk about the trans community, the mm. the LGBTQIA community, the disabled community. Mm. You know what I mean? Let's let's talk about the brown folk. Let's talk about the poor. I knew I mean yeah, we're told to love all these people, but the way that we live our lives, we live our lives in such a way that it's like, yes, we're told to love, but I don't really have time to do that. So mm. we put this bandaid on it, right? 
Um, and so I don't, sorry, what was the question? <laughs> I don't remember, but yeah, like you're touching on the subject of like the church expecting us to forsake ourselves for the sake of the church. When God yeah. does not ask us to forsake ourselves and our physical needs for the sake of a building. Right. Yeah, no, that's, I think that is very well, very well summed up. Um, but yeah, oh, positives and negatives uh, ramifications. So I've, those are the positives and the negatives and just kind of what I've seen um, in my own personal experience. Um, but you know what I mean? I, I am also somebody who, who loves his church and they are, they are, um ag they're very old school but also <laughs> assemblies of god oh yeah i know very old school and it, i think for me as a professional like i i'm in mental health and i i've seen a lot you know i've i've had a, a lot of my own personal experiences but i i also work in the field you know what i mean mm -hmm. um i i've worked in 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 with eating disorders i've worked with depression and anxiety and you know what I mean um these are things that you can't can't pray away unfortunately so, and that so is sad. such a hallmark of AG is praying away the things we don't want to deal with yeah yeah um you know what I mean and that it, it just it is what it is and it's unfortunate and like you know you can have these discussions but at the end of the day they're going by the law right mm -hmm. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I'm kind of just stumped there. Um, yeah, but you know, I think, especially in like eating disorders, because you know, we all know mm. that an eating disorder is really a physical display of like what's going on mentally, and there is just a, a a plethora of things going on up here in the mind. That you only see one piece of it. I mean, you're talking gender dysphoria. You're talking mm. self doubt. You're talking just worthiness, right? And so, and I've worked with kids who are are of the church. They're in the church. You know, they their families went to church every Sunday, and they have this this eating disorder, and they're questioning whether there's a place for me. You know, and I, I think that the church's response, I you know, that the big church overall is like, let's pray about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? Um yeah, I, I and I would say, okay, cool, let's pray about it. And you know, let's talk about it. Yeah, let's and, talk about it. Let's do something about it. Let's let's pray for what we can fucking do, not just please. Right. Lord, right. fix this. Thank you. Right. Because and we have to talk about it. Mm -hmm. we and, and 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 i think at the end of the day i think why people don't want to talk about it is because it's the idea of like we can talk about it but the issue is still going to be there mm. we can talk about it but you know jay may still be you know trans mm -hmm. you know or we can talk about it but uh, that girl over there is still going to suffer from bulimia, right? Yeah, like this thought just entered into my head <laughs> that maybe Christians, because I mean, we know plenty of people who are like 
in the church and not really receptive to therapy and psychology all that much. Uh, I mean, to a certain point, but I think there's a deep seed of, well, if we rely too much on psychology, they're going to tell us that we're wrong because psychology teaches that being trans is not a mental illness. Right. Or being, having an eating disorder is not just about like, our physical appearance, but something else or something underlying. Like people have eating disorders for a variety of reasons, from sexual oh, assault so to control issues, or sometimes I, it's not I even would, an eating yeah. disorder. They just can't. They just have OCD, so they can't eat certain things, and then that blah 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 blah. Right? Yeah. Like, the church doesn't want answers. It doesn't want exactly because then somebody's going to be held accountable. Mm-hmm. Because it it's. It's trauma-induced. You're right. A, a lot of people, you know, I, I worked in with eating disorders for like three years, and a lot of it is trauma. A mm-hmm. lot of it is, you know, um, whether that's sexual, whether that's emotional abuse, whether it's physical abuse, you know, it's it's there, and that's that's a lot harder to heal than a prayer. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that you need more than a prayer. You know what I mean? And part of me is also like, all of these issues take money to solve. And if we're spending our money solving these issues, then we're not spending this money upkeeping the church. I mean, that's my own like worst case scenario type thinking. Because I mean, a lot of times the church is a business anyways. And if you're spending money on something else, you're not going to spend it doing whatever the church wants you to do with your money. Right. And You know, and it's... I, I I would push back on that a little bit because I think I've I've come to find that there are affirming churches such as yours where they yes. don't you know what I mean they don't they you, you y'all don't push tithing and stuff like that and it's you know I, I mean let's be real like anything, but it's a struggle still like it's still yeah, a conversation yeah anything and everyone can benefit from money mm-hmm. let's just be real that's just the way the world works. Mm-hmm. right but at what point are we willing to put people before money mm-hmm. and i think that's kind of like where we're like in we go back and forth yeah you know when like some churches um do great things like i remember this one church who bought uh it was recent they bought medical debt from people in the community uh, for pennies on the dollars, because if you guys don't know, you can buy debt for pennies on the dollar and they have to pay you. There's a whole, what's his name? John Oliver thing about it. But so they bought this medical debt and then on stage, they like ceremoniously burned it all. Like this is done with no more debt. And that now using your money for that, that is going to solve so many mentally debilitating things that people have on their mind and on their shoulders. Right. Like, right. And that is not necessarily like a disorder or a condition. It's just something that happens. It's it's stress. Yeah. Peace of mind. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you and I both know about medical, medical, paying for medical. Right. <laughs> that's, a, that's a different conversation, friends, but. That's a whole other episode. Yeah. We'll have to have you back. But um, okay, so I'm curious because I feel like we both have had this experience of being tokenized in religious spaces. Um, 
what how has that affected your mental health i think for me um i mean unless you really like it then i mean who am i uh, enjoy it i love the attention no but um (laughs) i think i as i said earlier my faith has sort of shifted Mm -hmm. in you know i'm 31 years old now i've been in the church since i was 18 solid 13 years almost um and it shifted a lot because i now understand who i am and my identity right um and so like tokenized yeah for sure can't stand it but there there was a point i know you're kidding there was a point where i i enjoyed it but i enjoyed it because i didn't understand how kind of demeaning it was yeah i mean it's nice to have the white man sing your praises until you realize what they're singing (laughs) yeah it's because they didn't expect you to do very much um you know what i mean but but, you know i've also learned to kind of lead with with grace in that you know what i mean yeah um and so there have been i guess to answer your question like i used to get man you're such an inspiration you're so great like praise god la 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 yeah i praise god like you know i i was in a wheelchair um and now i can and then i had a walker and now i can walk on my own you're right praise god right but um i think the the tokenism looked a little bit more like oh man like you're just so brave like i just I'm just, I'm still praying for healing. The Lord's going to heal your body and it, you're going to do great things in Jesus name, or he's, he's going to find somebody for you that is going to love you the way that you are. You know, you can, you're awesome. You're worthy of that, which is great. Thank you. Thanks. Until you start to question, like, why are you telling me this? Mm-hmm. Is it for my reassurance or yours? Like, you know, or like, what what is your thought process behind mm-hmm. this? Like, do you, do you believe what you're you, what you're telling me? Is that I, you know what I mean? So it, it's kind of like where, yeah. Even now, I'm still like, wait, what what was that? Because <laughs> you know? um, I've had people just, can I pray for your legs? And I <sighs> used to be like, yeah, absolutely so great but i didn't know Mm -hmm. and now when i'm approached and they're like can i pray for your legs i'm like fuck off (laughs) you know yeah truly um and it's it's i mean it's tough because they they, these people don't know but i think in a more graceful sense i'm like hey like i'm alive and i'm well and the lord is gonna do what he's gonna do because he's already done so much like let's Mm. just leave it at that you know yeah This is kind of like the conversations I have with my dad because God bless him. But sometimes, no, don't bless him because like with my fibro or whatever it is, um, it's it's up in the air right now, friends. Hopefully it's fibro because the other one has 48 years life expectancy. So we're hoping it's not that one because otherwise the credit card debt is going to start piling up. (laughs) Well, Um, but he is like. Have you ever thought about like going to prayer, like healing meeting or like having people pray over you? Because we have like friends of the family who 
I mean, growing up, we had vigils after Friday night service where we would go to somebody's house and pray over somebody and heal them, blah, 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 blah. So, like, I'm really yeah. familiar with this. And it used to be the depression, and then it used to be this, and it used to be that. And then it's like, okay, I understand that you want a miracle. But not everybody gets a fucking miracle. And who am I to think that I'm worthy over everybody else? We all have our crosses to bear. If the Lord right. wants to heal me, then you pray about it. And yeah. in your own, don't tell me. You pray for healing and we'll see what happens. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not going to put my faith and my stock in a miracle when I can put my faith and my stock in the God that I believe in to help me through life. I mean, we all have things that we deal with. Right. Right. Like, no. I don't have body dysmorphia. I don't give a shit what my body looks like. And some people are like, wow, I can't even imagine a life where I'm not microanalyzing every part of my body. I don't do that. Like that, I think that's a miracle. That is, as a woman in this society, that is lovely that I don't have to deal with that. But other people do, like we all have our things, right? Yeah, no, definitely. And and I, I would push back on that a little bit only to say that like, we can define what a miracle looks like. Mm-hmm. I think you medicine know, is a miracle. Exactly. <laughs> and it's like, and that's my point is like, man, why, why hasn't God healed me? Why hasn't he done this? Why hasn't he done that? Well, let's look at the bigger picture, mm-hmm. right? Because, okay, so you still don't have the ability to move on on certain days because it hurts so much right Mm -hmm. well the miracle is that the medicine when you do need to move and you just have to get up and be an adult that day you have it Mm -hmm. it's there the miracle can come in the form of your partner who is willing to care for you and love Mm. you and help you why does it always come back to ryan george everybody fucking loves ryan i'm just kidding (laughs) i i didn't I didn't even say Ryan, so that's, that's yours. Well, you that's I mean? my partner. The can come. Sorry. No, he, he is amazing, though. He is we, a saint. We he do is a love saint. Everybody should love him, yes. <laughs> um, you know, but I think for me, like, one of my many miracles is in the form of community. Mm. I have some of the most amazing friends that I would not, I would not be able to get through this life without them Mm. and so i just want to challenge you guys too like what what's your miracle because we all have them Mm. you know they don't it it, it's it's dependent on what you define as a miracle and i guarantee you if you shift the way that you think about a miracle you'll see that you've gotten more than one yeah i mean going back to community like i remember going into college as a jaded little person and I hated everybody I wouldn't let anybody hug me I was like so not into um love as a concept because I was like abused in my house and I I never found I never had unconditional love I mean I did but I wasn't able to recognize it and then the miracle for me was having our group of friends who was like ah shut up Josie like just give me a hug or Josie just like I mean they didn't say that they didn't hug me against my will don't worry friends but like the yeah, miracle she of... was not a hugger <laughs> which is like so not now like 
I mean, my parents yeah, still complain. Yeah, let me paint a picture for you guys. Okay, like, let's do it. When I when I met Josie, right? When I this was circa twenty fifteen. Mm -hmm. Josie was not a hugger. Every other word out of Josie's mouth was probably an f bomb. <laughs> still, uh, still is. But at Maybe APU, that's a little radical. It's a little rough. And now the F-bombs are like every three words or so. <laughs> um, but she was like, I'm never getting married. I'm, I'm, I, I'm never going to get married and I'm, I'm never going to date a white man. She <laughs> married a white man. You know what I mean? So I think the miracle could be, you know, the healing of her heart that, that allowed these things to take place. And I yeah. Not like you. My friends yeah. taught me to accept and give out unconditional love. What a miracle. That takes people their whole lives to figure that out. Some people never figure that out. And some people die and never have that. I know. And it's just like, wow. Miracles on miracles on miracles. Um, anyways, we're talking about mental health. <laughs> it always comes back to the miracles for us disabled folks, though. I, um, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it does. It does, but um, yeah, mental health. I mean, it's still very relevant within the miracles, right? Because it's, absolutely, it's a mindset. Mm -hmm. It's a mindset. So I mean, I think it all at the end of the day it comes full circle. Um, but yeah. what are some of the things that Sorry, you think the church is doing wrong, mental health wise? What that they're doing? What? What are some of the like things that the church? the capital C church is doing wrong in terms of mental health, like not just um, like some of the messages, some of the programming, stuff like that. Yeah, let's talk about it. Um, prayer isn't everything. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, because I going back to that too, like, I believe that there are therapists and mental health professionals on this earth for a reason and it's not to dismiss prayer but i believe this is my opinion i believe it's okay to pray alongside seeking help for your mm. mental health issues mm -hmm. so let's incorporate it you know why is it that a lot of the the church the big c is prayer and there's still this stigma about like going into sessions because if you have a therapist something is wrong with you and you're not believing in god enough to say like he can mm. heal you because guess what he can heal you through therapy mm. yeah it's like, just medicine it's just medicine like everything else mm -hmm. it is you know that that's one thing um two um I think funding, you know, you you can fund a lot of other things <laughs> in the church. We should be able to fund some mental health. I think mm. if if you if you've got the room for and the resources for mental health on your campus, do it. Why not? And I'm not saying that it has to be like this whole corporation. I guarantee you, somebody in your congregation would be willing to help in that arena. Yeah, have like a fund or a but like a little budget, little pool of money that you can give, like a scholarship to people who need mental health. Right, like throw that throw that mess on a sliding scale. I don't know, mm -hmm. you know, 
partner with somebody in your congregation or your church and just say, hey, this is what is going on. Would you be willing to sliding scale this client or this these individuals or just put a cap on it? Hey, mm-hmm. you know, there are short-term sessions. I, I can do eight sessions for this price. Mm-hmm. I can do eight sessions for, for free. Um, or or I I can't, but I know somebody who may be able to help. Right. You know what I mean? Like, let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. It's okay to bring it within the walls of the church. And I think people are getting a little better at doing that, but I think they're getting better because it's been pushed on us. Yeah. I mean, when I was a kid, people called me crazy for having a therapist because they're like, what does a child need to go to therapy for? And I was labeled all these things just because I was being given medical care. Yeah. You know, and it's it's crazy. I remember being in therapy as a child myself and I didn't tell a soul. Yeah, you hid that. <laughs> you you hid that. You know what I mean? And and it looking looking back i'm like why mm-hmm. why was it then because that therapist um maya and christine hope you're well thanks for what you do <laughs> um i'm a product of your work and i'm doing well i do say so myself but you know there's this I remember like going to to therapy and being like, oh my gosh, I hope nobody ever finds out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um and like let's let's talk about it, let's normalize it. And um which I think that we we're, we're getting better at it. <laughs> we we're not there yet. We probably won't be there for a while. Um, but I, I think especially the Latin community, am I right? <laughs> Let me tell you, <laughs> I know, I know a lot of people who could benefit from some, some therapy, but they're Latino and they won't. So mm-hmm. well, it's culture. It's culture, but you know what I mean? Um, but on, on the flip side, though, I've, I've seen people who are open to it, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And it's like, especially because um i'm a brown folk who's disabled and i i love people i i i should say i should say i really like people because i don't always love people but i really like people um and i've seen people come forward and be like hey do you have a resource you know what i mean and these are other brown people you know what i mean mm-hmm. men women like you know what I mean? Like they're they're asking. So um, but it's also it's become part of society where it's like therapy's in right now. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, good. Let's make therapy a fashion statement. Yes. <laughs> no. Uh, but even yeah, for yeah. my even for myself, like I it's funny because I am a therapist. Like I have clients and I, you know, I see people and um, things like that. But, you know, I had, I, I, prior to this program, like I 
didn't do a whole lot of therapy. And I think I tried it. And I just, you remember this. I had a belief-based <laughs> therapist. Oh my it, gosh. It just, it. I love Jesus. And that's not what I'm saying. Like I, you know. This therapist said some but, fucked up uh, shit to you. And I told you this, is, you're done. I, I demanded it of you. But it, it, and it skewed my view of therapy for a while. It yeah. did. I'm not going to lie. It took me, that was in 2018. I just started sessions again at the end of 2022. Um, and here we are. And this guy's, he's, he's good. Um, but, you know, at the faith-based. Yeah. Therapy, it's, it wasn't for me. And, and I'm not saying that, you know, there's anything wrong with, clinicians who are of the faith but man time and place bro time and place yeah well i've had like friends who are part of the lgbtqa community and these faith-based counselors not all of them are even therapists or licensed but they'll tell them that they're gay for whatever reason right and that they just need to work on that and then all of a sudden they won't be gay anymore or um like and that's like with anything, right? Like all you need to do is da da da, and then you won't do this anymore. Like it's so yeah, it's much less holistic and much more prescriptive because of the whole right. God element, right? And it's it's so interesting because even for me, like I I don't know, I I I listen to that and I think about it, and I'm like, you can't choose who you're attracted to. I know. I know you you literally cannot choose what your body responds to and the way that it responds like mm -hmm. I, I if, if if you look at if if you're straight right let's just say you're straight and you Clive over there is is straight and he finds Jessica what are up with these names I don't know <laughs> nobody told Clive hey um, you're attracted to to Jessica. He just was. Mm -hmm. He so if we can acknowledge that for straight people, why can't we do the same for the LGBTQIA community? Yeah, it's, it, we it have, doesn't make sense. And there's tons of like historical and anthropological and scientific data, and but I mean, you know, they're. Uh, this Bible that was written 2000 years yeah. ago keeps getting in the way sometimes. Sometimes. But I'm also, that's just me naturally. I'm not going to sit there and tell somebody how to live their life. Exactly. I, I can do that. But if it doesn't suit them, it doesn't suit them. And if it doesn't suit them, I'm going to harm them. And I mean, that comes from like your own experience, right? Like we come from backgrounds where people try to tell us what to do. They tried to tell us who we were. I mean, the doctor told you you would never walk, and here you are. I mean, I got a little bit of a limp, but hey, I got it. But you could walk farther than I can <laughs> by miles. By miles. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I, I could walk circles around you while intoxicated. We've done that, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think as a professional in the mental health, community and as a man of the faith I've really had to challenge myself and like what I believe and why I believe it and like we said I've I've seen positives in the church I have seen needs for improvements 
and I have seen some some bad things that just kind of oh that's that sucks and I the reason why I I'm a therapist because I I genuinely care for people and their well being but I've also been told that I have the golden ear you do and it people I I take Uber a lot because I just I can't drive obviously but um. You'll be surprised how many people just drop their shit. And I love that about Ubers. In a 10-minute car ride. And I'm just like, okay. You know what I mean? I also work in finance. And so when I'm there, people also just drop their shit. And it's like, you know what I mean? So when that's a gift, right? I acknowledge mm-hmm. that that's a gift. And that's, you know, given to me <laughs> by the grace of God. You have to be careful about how you use it. Not only mm-hmm. how you use it, but how you respond to that. My response will always be love. Mm-hmm. Even if I don't agree, even if I don't understand it, the first thing out of my mouth will typically be, man, thanks for sharing. Mm-hmm. You know, because in reality, and I think this is the the issue with the church, um, my response doesn't matter. Who cares? That's mm. not for me to respond to and say you're wrong. Mm-hmm. What is my job is to say, hey, thanks for sharing. And I hope you know that you're loved and cared for. No matter what. Not only by me, but the big man upstairs. Because mm-hmm. that's what the Bible says. And that's what matters. That's what's important. Mm. I think that's a good note to end on. Thank you so much, George. Wow. Didn't it just fly by? I got a little preachy there, but yes. I love it. I mean, we don't have very many preachers anymore in our lives, so we got to do it, you know, (laughs) for ourselves. Yeah. (laughs) So do you have anything you want to plug? Your Instagram or something like that? A charity, something? um not at the current moment uh yeah you're a therapist you have to be private now yeah that's true no more uh trying to be no more thirst traps on instagram for the public now i'm i'm a civilized human i know for the public i'm a civilized human being oh well that's all right well, friends, as always, you can find us on Speaking in Church on Instagram, where you will find links to our merch, to our chip, 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 wow, tip jar. Um, it is the evening, friends. The disability is starting to show down. Um, tip jar that goes towards um, everything, I guess, in my life. My medical needs. If that makes you more willing to tip me, my medical needs. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) I will continue this for free. (laughs) She needs medical care. I need gas money to go pick up George so we can hang out more often. (laughs) That's true. She's very good at that, by the way. We live about an hour apart, so. Well, only because of traffic. But other than that, friends, uh, stay woke or get woke. Please, for the love of God, and fuck Ron DeSantis and all the Republicans who follow him just because I felt like saying that today. Timely. All right, friends. Bye. This has been an Irreverent Media Podcast.